Yankovic is making an interesting choice when it has to do with his parodies of Michael Jackson music. We want to tell you about it on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and, and what's this decision? Uh, the decision is to stop doing Michael Jackson parodies of uh, or parodies of Michael Jackson songs in his show. Like, uh, for example, he has he has had his own hits with parodies of Beat It, called Eat Eat it. it, and then there was his parody of Bad Fat. Yep, exactly. You I can't know think I'm of more. Fat. I'm fat. You know Bad. it. Thriller. He did one called Driller. He did not. No, it was a <laughs> dental experience. No. Driller! <laughs> no, he's currently on a symphony tour. I thought it said sympathy tour, and I was like, did somebody die? But no, it's a symphony tour. Um, and during his recent shows, apparently, he has not been performing those two staples that we mentioned, Eat It and Fat. And um, in an interview that he did with Billboard, he explained that the reason that he did this was following the aftermath of uh, HBO's two-part documentary, Leaving Neverland, wherein there are some allegations of, uh, several allegations of sexual abuse. And um, so that was in response to Leaving Neverland mm-hmm. in this current tour that he's doing. And he said, and and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think, I th- and we t- touched a little bit on this Wednesday, I really think that when people are asked you know, um, well, can you still appreciate the works of Michael Jackson? Can you still appreciate the works of Bill Cosby? Now, admittedly, Bill Cosby is a little different because Bill Cosby's actually been convicted of a crime, Mm -hmm. whereas Michael Jackson, of course, has not. He was actually acquitted in uh, one particular case and died before um, any more these most recent allegations came out. So, or at least were made as a part of leaving Neverland. So I think that's a little different. But anyway, we asked the question, like, can you still appreciate that person's art? And this is something we thought a lot about a lot as well, following the Harvey Weinstein and Me Too movement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Harvey Weinstein scandal and Me Too movement. And I just love his response. That is Weird Al's response in this particular case, because it's just very personal and individual. And I think ultimately that's that's. There is no black and white. There's no right and wrong answer to can you still appreciate someone's art? I think it really is very personal and people should venture to make a personal decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, quote, Weird Al again, speaking about Michael Jackson and not using his parody songs in his current tour. I don't know if that's going to be permanent or not, but we just felt that with what's happened recently with the HBO documentaries, we didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. I felt I had enough fan favorites in the show that I could get away with it. I haven't gotten a lot of pushback. There have been some people who've expressed disappointment, but we decided to err on the side of not offending people, which I just thought was a delightful response. Like, yeah. hey, look, some people might be offended, so let's just not do them. Right. Um, and somebody who definitely has a business interest in performing these works or to keep them alive yeah, because probably those makes were, money every time they're played. And those were two of his biggest hits. I mean, those had those actual are radio play. Probably the only ones that I could pull out of my craw. Uh, I bet that you could pull out more. You'd at least recognize more if Holly got started on well, some of his thank other. Thank you, hits. and no, please don't. Um, <laughs> we can do that off the air. I'm kidding, but no, I. But I honestly yeah. think my favorites are just the because I remember the videos when mm-hmm. I was a kid. These were just, you know, these were a huge treat. Yeah, but I think it's awesome that he was like, you know. 
it's not that he had a personal issue with it. He very well may. But in terms of why he removed him from the show, he was like, I have an abundance of sensitivity to those who might be offended. I'm just not going to play them. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's where most of us should end up when it comes to deciding whether or not, especially in the case of Michael Jackson, we can appreciate his work or not. Right. You know, it's interesting because I, because I, you know, I think everybody, well, not maybe everybody, but I certainly have given some thought to this because, you know, I have loved Michael Jackson music my entire life. Um, And I also, but I also realize I don't have a hard and fast rule about this, not just with Michael Jackson, but also with Kevin Spacey movies or, um, Harvey Weinstein movies or fill in the blank, you know, um, celebrity that, that, um, has either rumored to have been, uh, inappropriate or has been, you know, convicted of a crime. I was thinking about, you know, what would happen if I were listening to the radio and a Michael Jackson song came on and I was like, Oh, I really do like this song. I want to listen to this song. If at any point while I was listening to the song, I felt uncomfortable with the song or the words or whatever, then I would just listen to my gut and be like, I don't feel good about listening to this. Mm-hmm. And then I'd probably turn the channel. Yeah. But oftentimes when we're consuming media, we're not necessarily thinking about where it's coming from or what the, in fact, actually it's supposed to be an escape. The music, the movie, the TV show, whatever is supposed to be an escape. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we let our morals get in the way, we worry about supporting somebody in their bad behavior. But I do think it's, I don't think it's easy to have a hard and fast rule about that. Some people do. And I, you know, I want to appreciate the people who can make that hard and fast thing. I don't operate that way. I never have. I've always been conflicted about things. I'm always doing like on the one hand this and on the other hand this. Mm Now, there might be something that makes a personal connection to me that I feel very strongly about. I was thinking about this. There's a, um, I think Jerry Seinfeld was doing an interview uh, on Stephen Colbert, and they had this conversation about this. And Stephen Colbert was like, I can't, he's a comedian, right? And so is Jerry Seinfeld. And he's like, I can't listen to Bill Cosby anymore. And Jerry Seinfeld was like, oh, really? I have no problem at all. And then Jerry thought about it during a commercial break and came back and was like, okay, I, so I kind of get where you're coming from. And now I think I maybe have to revisit this. And yeah. what I loved about that is that they were being honest because I think there are a lot of people who are like, because what Stephen Colbert ultimately said was, I just can't feel good about yeah. his work when I listen to it the way I used to be able to. So it's it's just not worth it. Right. right? And in that case, for sure, the tone changes when you know a little bit more about... Um, or you might be able to read a little bit more into a certain joke, or you just don't find that darn person funny anymore because you know that they were doing terrible, evil things yeah. while they were making that comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's I I just I always think it's an interesting conversation, and and one of the things that brought it up in my mind this week, um, in addition to this, what you brought to us about Weird Al Yankovic not doing uh, his Michael Jackson parodies, I thought about. Uh, I thought very much actually about what Judy Dench said because she was very worried or upset about people sort of losing their entire careers in a scandal. Yeah. And she was talking about like Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein. Right. right. And, um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the question that it asks. And I don't know that there are hard and fast rules. But for people who are able to make that clear delineation, I'm like... And I also think there's a difference between us individually determining for ourselves whether or not we can appreciate the artwork somebody with a conflicted past 
uh, has made versus them getting future work. That is a totally different question. And I think sometimes those things get conflated or confused that you're somehow approving of. Like, I might be able to appreciate a song from Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album because it just has a resonance yeah. in the fabric of my you know being yep. um in a way that i would not be comfortable with you know paying for tickets to see a michael jackson cirque du soleil show in vegas there you go paul mcguire grimes uh, our friend from paul's trip to the movies joins us every friday to tell us actually what's in movie theaters or what you can stream right from your couch on the Colleen and Bradley show my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment Colleen Lindstrom Bradley trainer Hi. and hello Paul hi friends how are you doing great how are you well I'm good God. and I'm very curious about one of the movies that you brought to us today that is in theaters and that movie is yesterday yes yeah, so I'm a big Beatles fan so I was really Talk excited to Holly about uh, it right Holly mm-hmm. so I was really excited about this new movie it's called yesterday and the premise is kind of like what would happen if the beatles never existed you know this aspiring singer songwriter's name is jack and he ends up getting hit by a bus cycling home one day and when he comes to no one's ever heard of the beatles he starts singing and playing some of their songs and they're like that's the best song ever and he's like oh it's the beatles and they're like what Who what's are the beatles? beatles what's a beetle so he then starts to revitalize his career using their songs oh as God, if they're his. Amazing. Uh-huh. Fascinating concept. Right? I kind of love the does concept. It, does it work? No, not uh-huh. at all. Oh. So my problem is that is that there's too much going on in the movie. Yeah. You have that. And this it's this guy named Hymish Patel who plays Jack and he actually sings the songs really well. Nice light airy. It takes place in Britain. So like you feel kind of like with you're in that kind of scrappy world of England where mm-hmm. the Beatles are coming from. You also have Lily James who plays his manager slash girlfriend there's an issue with that. There's a whole subplot that comes into play about a romance between them that totally derails the movie. Oh, I hate that. You oh. have Ed Sheeran in it. Oh. Kind of making his acting debut. He plays himself, but a really cocky version of himself, but not like self-deprecating where I want to laugh at you. Oh, because okay. He like thinks he's the best singer and songwriter on earth. And then, oh, wait, this guy comes forward and is kind of taking his crown now. Oh, shoot. So, so does like, he play like himself? Like, like his name is Ed Sheeran. He, he and he's plays Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Like he is a singer. Okay. He hears about this guy Jack, and then invites him on his tour. Okay. And then Kate McKinnon plays this kind of wacko LA manager that also tries to get in it too, but she then is kind of playing a caricature. So Ryan and I were talking about how all the acting is just all over the place yeah. in terms of style and what kind of the story should be. What's the message supposed to be that like? In the end, nothing is real and everybody everyone smokes, smokes right? I Maybe. Mean, so I think the message is like how transformative and how amazing and how brilliant the Beatles lyrics and music is. And what I mean, a tragedy did, like, if we didn't ever have that. Did like the committee for the advancement of the Beatles pay yeah. for this? Or I think that they must have gotten the rights again to use all the music and the font in the movie, the credits matches the Beatles font. So I think there was, was some partnership. Yeah. I just don't think that it's executed all that well. There's a lot. I mean, it's a bizarre premise. So then there's little things that come into play. There's a big twist at the end that is actually, oh, that's a cool twist. But then why didn't you explore that along the way? I don't care about this romance. I don't necessarily care about some of the things. You're kind of wasting space with fluff. That's a trap that I despise when movies fall into. The need to highlight a a romance. I hate that. It's actually one of the reasons why I loved the movie A Few Good Men. Because even though Demi Moore 
was playing a woman because she was a woman <laughs> that was surrounded by men. Yeah. There was never any type and th- there was never any focus on a sexual undertone at right. all because I find that to be a dumb trap that mm-hmm. movies fall into that we it's need romance. And I should have seen it coming because it's written by the same guy, Richard Curtis, who wrote love actually, I think Bridget Jones diary mm-hmm. about time. So he's good with those. So there's gotta like, be British like a little, little fun, flirty romance. Yeah. Um, would Holly like this movie? That's all we really care about. Holly, we weren't going I to think see the two this of us, I, Holly, I don't think you would like this. You know, I was afraid of that only because they started hyping this movie six months ago. Right. And when... That's a pretty good indicator. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I think that you guys are onto something where, obviously, Apple Corps, the Beatles company, probably had something to do with this. Because the Beatles, one of the reasons that we talk about the Beatles, not only are they amazing, but they're fantastic marketers. Yeah. yeah. Of their That's legacy. True. Mm-hmm. I was just disappointed. I mean, there's a way to use Beatles music in a movie like Across the Universe or I Am Sam and do something different with it. And I do like that you're hearing in a traditional setting, but... Like, I don't want to live in a world where we don't have the Beatles. Well, it's yeah. also a bunch of people cover it. It's him covering it, Yeah, right? it's him so covering it. So it's the just, actual Beatles right. version. So that would be like, And I the arrangements know. are pretty much as is. I mean, he's doing it on guitar. Real dumb, quick question. Yeah. Were there any, like, Paul McCartney cameos or anything like that? No. Oh, that's no, interesting. Yeah. You're right. Because I feel no. like that would be perfect. Right? Not even Ringo? Nope. Not even Ringo. <laughs> Ringo, he's, oh, he's no. nowhere near as busy as Paul. <laughs> he's done with Shining Time Station. Well, that true. was a Ringo deep cut for you, Holly. <laughs> uh, okay, so how many tickets? I'm steps? giving a two out of five. Okay, like wow. there's great pieces. There's great people involved. I love Lily James. Danny Boyle directed. He's an Oscar winner, but it, it it's too ambitious and does not conclude. Okay, so there's um, there's a streaming option that I am trepidatious about. Right. Uh, because I've never actually seen the whole movie all the way through. I cry too hard. Right. But I know that the live action Dumbo now available on Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand this week. And I, it, um, it surprised me. I have to say, it's directed by Tim Burton. And if you don't remember the premise of Dumbo, it's about this this little elephant that's born with massive wing wings, ears, ears, <laughs> and he can fly with the help of this magical feather. And he kind of saves the circus from being shut down. But then you have this th- slick businessman that it kind of has ulterior you know, alternative motives for him. Um, but yeah. Tim Burton is kind of back to the Tim Burton that I love. Like it's, he knows how to play with these odd characters and find the heart and the humanity in that. Yeah. And there is just like a nice whimsical back at the circus type of feel to it. I don't know. I, I always have felt like that movie was very dark in a way that I was, you know, Yes, that the animator from 1941 is dark because you've got like the mom being taken away. And you do have that at the beginning of this. But because there's so much more story after that, like it does turn itself around again. And he is so stinking cute. Like the CGI used to make Dumbo is really, really adorable. Colin Farrell is in it, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton. So you've got some of these kind of key Tim Burton players kind of coming back again, which is fun. Well, and what I like about like the people who have worked with Tim Burton mm-hmm. and have done have been successful with with those roles. Mm-hmm. It's like they get the way he works. Yes, they get sure. how his mind works. Mm-hmm. Uh and so then they do do it well. Um they do do it well. Um, how, you know, as far as I know Bradley has said a number of different times like enough already Disney with your animated live act. I know, Holly. I know. Holly said it too. Right. With the live action reboot? Yes. Oh, yeah. woof. Lion no. King in two weeks, everyone. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't wait. 
That was bad. Okay, I enjoyed Dumbo. Okay. Four out of five ticket stops. Okay. Okay. Maybe I was feeling just spirited and magical and whimsy that day. You don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's okay. I could have been on those pink, scary elephant drugs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Paul McGuire Grimes. Thanks, Paul. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some dumb people doing dumb things. We call them crazy, stupid idiots after this on My Talk 107.1. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes. People doing things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes. Sometimes people doing things in the state of Florida. 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 Uh, we're not going to Florida first. We're going to Spain. Ooh, España. Viva. Yeah. So here's here's what had happened. Fifty two a fifty two year old woman in Spain. We do not have her name, but that's fine. We don't care. Um, she and her twenty year old daughter went to the cops earlier this month to file a complaint. Okay. Uh, what was the complaint? You ask. Bad odor? No. What was the complaint, you ask? Uh, what is the complaint? Um, well, she complained because she had paid $8,000 to a hitman to um, kill her boyfriend. What? Because she believed her boyfriend had cheated her out of $68,000. And so, um, after he was dead, she was going to sell his organs on the black market to get the money back. Sit with that for a minute. Okay. Is there a black market for organs? Um, is there a black market? Apparently there is because she was pretty confident she'd be able to recoup that $68,000 Lord, um, by selling his kidneys. Uh, all right. Well, what had happened is the hitman she had hired, who was her daughter's 29 year old boyfriend, um, apparently made off with the money because he got cold feet. So he had $8,000 paid to him to kill his girlfriend's mother's boyfriend. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll totally do it. And then he was like, but I don't really want to do it. So he kept the $8,000 and that made the 50-year-old woman real mad. So she went to cops and was like, not only did my boyfriend steal a whole bunch of money from me, but the guy I hired to kill my boyfriend, he also stole some money from me because my boyfriend is still alive and he's supposed to be dead. And the cops were like, hey, FYI, this all is very illegal. And so she was very dumb, apparently. Yeah, we're going to just go ahead and arrest you and your daughter and your daughter's boyfriend. And you're all getting arrested because y'all stupid. And that's the end of my story. Thanks they, for coming to my TED so Talk. So they were able to arrest her and the boyfriend? Uh, everybody got arrested. Also, this is going to be my new job for the summer. Hitman? Yes, but no. I am going to be a hitman for hire, but I'm not actually going to hit any man. Which means I am going to take money from those who want to kill others. But I will not kill the others. I will just take their money. Okay, but see, that's illegal too. But they don't know that. But that's why he got arrested. But what are they going to do? Call the police? 
Oh, you're right. This one backfired because she was stupid. Yeah, I'm going to find smart people who want to kill other people, take their money, and then run. But smart, dumb people. Yes. Yeah. Smart, like dumb enough to want to kill somebody, but smart enough to not tell the cops about it. Correct. Be like, don't you tell the cops when I steal this money. Because that's. I'm just saying I haven't worked it all the way out, but I kind of feel like this is an untapped market. This is a business model. Steal money from criminals that's a good plan also have we talked about this because i've wondered this before how do you kill someone no how do you I find it no how do you find a hitman like you don't that doesn't get advertised on craigslist you know what's scary about this what you know the answer yes <laughs> you just know people like every time you see those tv episodes it's always like i talked to my daughter's boyfriend or I talked to this guy, or I put a word out on Craigslist. I mean, putting a word out on Craigslist is stupid. Yeah, but I mean, these things happen, and sometimes they happen for real. Like, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a scary world out there. It's, it is, you guys. Stay inside. Stay inside. Don't leave the house ever. Don't go near windows at all. That was in España, correct? Yes, correct. Well, say adios. Adios, España. And hello, Iowa. Hello, Iowa. I need to tell you about 67-year-old Bob Carlson, otherwise known as Robert. Robert Carlson, 67 years old, did something that uh, was really nasty and gross. Okay, okay. But I need to tell you about it. And this all took place in December. In December, um, Jessica Clark, she works at um, a design office, like architectural design firm. And Jessica was doing something. And then Robert did something. And then he got in trouble. Okay, so she was designing because she works at a design firm. Mm -hmm. So she was doing her designy stuff. Mm -hmm. And he touched her butt. No, it's much worse. Um she was pregnant or no, she was, she that is a joyous occasion. was pregnant and then had a baby. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Now when you have a baby, uh-huh. uh, you need to feed the baby. Yeah. But when you work during the day, you have to like, you can't feed the baby directly. So you have to do something. Yeah. You got to pump. You got to pump your booby and get <laughs> the milk just like they do at the dairy. Boy, at for the, the times like this, it's a baby. Dairy. I wish that you either were a teacher or, um, yeah, they wouldn't let me do that. Uh, or, or Nobody's some sort of childbirth educator who yeah. was telling women yeah. how they were going to feed okay, their so babies. Take your baby <laughs> and give your baby some milk. Anyway, um, so she was pumping her breast milk, doopy doo, uh-huh. probably playing Candy Crush while she was waiting for that thing to work its magic. When she noticed a leather portfolio with a pen attached. On the seat next to her as she was sitting there uh, pumping her milk. She looked at the pen and realized, this isn't (gasps) a pen. Oh, no. It was a camera. This is a camera. No. And this camera, this pen, was actually um, a camera with a USB connector. So then she takes the camera with the USB connector and plugs it into the tablet, which it is, which it's a part of Uh and finds video of her removing her bra and pumping her breast milk. That's 
horrible. So can you imagine finding, like, just sitting there and you're like, doopy doopy, um, what? And lo and behold, this guy, 67-year-old Robert Carlson, had been taping her milking procedure and doing God knows what with Okay, her. that is terrible. There were videos of her, of her bare breasts. Also, I'm here to tell you that just about the least sexy thing in the entire world is what that machine does to your nipples. It is. <laughs> is it worse than what the man did pump or uh, taking photos of it? N- no, what I'm saying is I don't understand oh, how oh. that is a sexy thing. I mean, really? dudes are easy, but but like the the first time I saw what was happening in that machine, oh, I was no. like, oh, honey, don't ever watch me do this process. Yeah, it is very strange. <laughs> Nothing sexy about it. OK, so it gets better. Oh, gosh, really it does. Quickly. Yeah. So police were like, hey, Mr. Carlson. Any reason you were taking video of this young lady pumping her breast milk? When he was confronted by police, he said that he found her, quote, very beautiful and wanted to see what was underneath her blouse. Investigators allege that he had illegally recorded her for eight months, more than eight months in the last year. Unreal. Yep. That's terrible. Yep. He's nasty. Yep. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine finding out that somebody had videotaped you for eight months? No, and that's... Ugh, I don't know. I just can't because... I would be dead. That's the... Yeah. Anybody who has, like, a pumping room at their office now is... Is going to be looking. Super paranoid. Yeah. I apologize to you. Uh, we have to go to Germany for our final Crazy Stupid Idiot today. And I want to tell you about a guy who um, was driving erratically and was pulled over by cops in Germany. They thought that he was on drugs, so they asked him if he would provide for them a sample. Well, here's where everything went wrong. Like a, you know, a urine sample. Not like a summer sausage with a pretzel in it? (laughs) We are, (sighs) today we are sampling... You're Here, cute. try this uh, no, summer sun. They asked him to provide them a urine sample. Okay. And wow, that seems like very... right there on site. Oh, that seems very intense. Oh, wait till you hear how intense it got. Okay. Uh, the gentleman apparently misunderstood exactly what the request was um, <laughs> when they gave him the cup. He went into the hedges <laughs> and he provided them a different type of sample. In the cup. No. Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This sample? Correct. Um. His seed. He. Don't, okay, don't ever say that word, <laughs> no. please, on the air. Thank you. <laughs> he brought the cup back to the cops who were basically like, uh, either... You have an issue that you need to see a doctor also, for, or you just gave us the wrong kind of that, sample. What is, I don't, Germans, what? No, the best part about it is they were like, okay, well, obviously he's on drugs then, right? Because if we gave him this and asked him for a sample and he put that kind of sample in and not the kind we asked for, he must be high, he must be high as a kite. Turns out, no, he wasn't actually. He really did just totally misunderstand 
what they wanted. He ended up then giving a spit sample, which to me feels like that's the appropriate thing to do in the field. You don't hand somebody a cup and tell them oh, to go over to the hedges. So gross. It says like they gave he gave him a spit sample, which tested negative, and he was allowed to continue his yeah. journey. So they're like, oh, so thanks, weird. thanks for the gift. Also, did you see that there? Uh, this took place in Ludenscheid? Yeah, Ludenscheid, Germany. Well, it was lewd, but he was yeah. definitely not shy. Exactly. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? That yep. is, they do some weird things in Germany. Um, by the way, I this is my favorite part of the story. The uh, police spokesperson told the, the paper uh, that, according to the record, the man, quote, took an abnormal amount of time and returned seeming a bit ashamed. Well, oh, God, I feel bad now. But in what world did he honestly think that they needed that kind of sample? Well, I don't know. What did they say? Like, uh, hey. uh, I wasn't there. Isn't that crazy? That's nasty. Moving right along. We've got a little game to play. That game is the Throwback Live. We're going to do that after this on My Talk 107.1. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm James Seawood. One of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.